0: Tell us, tell me, the independent voter, why I need to vote for you.
1: Well, Chris, Chris uh, first of all, one, number one, thank you for giving me the opportunity to be on your show and spread the message about the campaign. I really appreciate that. And, and I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. I, I really mean that because a lot of people don't do that. We're a small campaign. We're under the radar screen, but we're not that under the radar screen. The reasons you need to vote for me is, is I'm gonna fight passionately, boldly, and aggressively against federal intervention. We have to have, Abbott is not bold and aggressive at the at the federal level. We have to push back aggressively against the vaccine mandates, the mass mandates, the federalized elections, protecting our oil and gas business. But me pushing back against federal elections, that's a big bold picture for me if given the opportunity to be governor. But what separates me from the competition truly from the other candidates is I'm pushing for entertainment and gambling. I'm pushing for true legalization of cannabis that needs to happen in Texas. That's what separates us. But we need truly independent thinking Texans. And there's a lot of them out there to support this campaign. And I believe I'm the right person for that job. I have, my heart and my gut are in the right uh, frame of mind. I don't have I any alternative motives here. It's just. Just getting down to common sense and pragmatic government.
0: Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Gramps Place, where my guests and I discuss all things of public interest and anything else that might need a little changing in the good old USA from ending the drug war and freeing those wrongfully imprisoned for crimes that have no victim, to making government more like what our forefathers intended of we the people again. I talk with doctors, scientists, politicians, and more so you can make your own decisions on important issues in the USA. My guest in this episode is someone I met about four years ago and is now running for the Republican nomination for governor. Danny Harrison has been a resident of Dallas, Texas since 1967. He attended Stephen F. Austin University, where he earned a bachelor's degree in political science. He's been a successful commercial residential landscape maintenance and construction company owner since 1989. Danny believes that Texas is an extraordinary state with extraordinary people. Being from Texas means something special. He wants to keep the dream alive and be sure that Texas has the potential to knock it out of the park in every way. Let's meet Danny and hear what he wants to do for Texas and Texans alike. Hello, Danny, and thanks for joining me here on Grant's Place. Thank you for having me. We met a couple years ago when we both spoke at an event in Fort Worth,
1: Texas. Uh, But
0: please introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, first of all, thank you for having me on the show, Chris. I really appreciate it, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to spread the message about our campaign. Uh, I guess we did. I guess we were out in Fort Worth when we met. That was a few years ago. I think we were speaking at a, a cannabis event or something, and uh, something was going on there with cannabis. I know that for sure.
0: Yeah, and, I believe it was the the DFW Marijuana March in 2018.
1: It, yeah, yeah, and we were you know, all you know pushing you know it's kind of pushing the product and 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 talking about all the good things that need to be done with the legalization of cannabis and decriminalization all that kind of stuff so uh a little bit about me uh good lord right? where to start i've been business for myself for 32 years i'm in the commercial landscape business we cover literally we cover the entire state of texas we cover some other states it's a it's a small business, but it's still a pretty good-sized business. we got, we got a lot of people that work for us. We do pretty good amount of sales. Been doing it for a long time. Uh, married to um, Tracy Harrison. She's a uh, uh, you know, born-again evangelical Christian. She went to Liberty University. She's part of, the, part of the moral majority back in the day with Jerry Falwell. Uh, we've got two daughters, a 15-year-old daughter. I'll let you do the math there, but she's a great person. And we have a 27-year-old daughter. I actually have a company with her too. She's also in the commercial landscape business. Uh, good Lord, uh, all our parents are still alive, and, and, and I'm no spring chicken. I'm 58, so my parents are 88 and and 85, and 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 and, and you know we deal with a lot. And I bring this up because we deal with a lot of issues. Yeah, that that kind of evolving, that life evolution of your children growing up, your parents getting older, you're kind of caught in the middle of taking, try to make sure your parents are going the right direction and they're dealing with being older and aging and things like that. Uh, Now I got a sister and a niece and her newborn and their husband out in Santa Fe. I've got a a little bit more history. uh, I'm a graduate of Stephen F. Austin State University out in East Texas. I went to Humble High School. They pronounce it Humble north of Houston, Kingwood. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you got that. There yeah, you go. The uh, Kingwood area, uh, my grandfather was a retired brigadier general. My aunt and uncle were colonels of the United States Army. Uh, my nephew serves proudly in law enforcement. I'm a strong believer in uh, just generally talking uh, limited uh, government, free enterprise, uh, strong support of our military, and our law enforcement uh definitely believe in limited government uh, second amendment rights i'm a strong believer in that uh and a strong believer in, in the free market and uh, uh so so that's kind of a little background just a little to kind of give you a, a start off there
0: sure so so you're you're naming off these things that you feel strongly about uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and throw a wild guess out there that these are part of the things that made you decide to run for governor
1: oh i would say the The motivation for running for governor was god uh i i'm I've been tired of governor greg Abbott for a while i i like the guy personally don't get me wrong sure but and I think he's a good man i think he's got a good wife a beautiful daughter but uh he's a career politician and he's sold out to every special interest in the state and he's been doing this for almost thirty years he's doesn't have very it doesn't have really any experience in the private sector the free market and his decision making reflects that and uh you know jesus man we can't even vote on gambling in texas because he sold out to those interests whether you agree agree or disagree with entertainment gambling in texas uh, at least texans should have the opportunity to do it but he takes money from gambling interests a governor that shuts down 70 billion dollars worth of industry during covid of hotels, restaurants, bars, gyms, salons, movie theaters, restaurants, has them running at 25 or 50%, bars shut down indefinitely. But he's more than happy to keep Walmart, Costco, Lowe's, Home Depot running at 100%. Uh, That's not a friend of small business, and that was a decision that reflects a career politician that's never worked in the real world. And because of that decision, we had over 12,000 small businesses in Texas shut down. Thousands, you know, actually millions of people on on unemployment. Those companies deserve the opportunity to stay in business and put the proper protocols in place and let the free market decide whether they fail or succeed during those tough times. Not Governor Greg Abbott, yeah. and uh, that was a real motivating factor, also. So.
0: So, what are the main things, or, or. I guess the most important things that you would like to see changed in Texas.
1: I would say number one, get rid of governor gray Abbott. I mean, he's <laughs> truly a, a career politician. I mean, his decision-making reflects that. I mean, okay. I, 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 I can't stress that more. Um, we have to have somebody that fights passionately against the federal intervention that's taking place. Uh, Federalized elections, vaccine passports, vaccine mandates, mask mandates, uh, the new green energy plan. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm I'm for renewable energies, but what they want to do with that plan is strangle the oil and gas industry and just shut it down over a time frame. So we have to have somebody that pushes back passionately against that. They got we got to push passionately back against the open borders globalist agenda of the Biden administration. I think it's a very evil agenda, uh, this open borders, uh, catch and release, giving them the money, shipping them all over the over the country. We have to have somebody that fights passionately uh, against that. And uh, I don't think Abbott fills that role. I think he's a lot of uh, window dressing and a lot of talk like that. But when it gets down to nut cutting time, he's just a politician. He's a BSer. Yeah. And I would say, and then the other motivations is, and this is really what separates me from the PAC, Chris, the other candidates, Prather West, Huffine's running for governor, and of course, Abbott. I'm pushing for entertainment and gambling in Texas. I'm pushing for legalization yeah. of cannabis. That's what separates me. They don't talk about that issue at all. And here we got, you know, we're talking about 300,000 jobs, a $75 billion circulation of cash through economy, $6 billion to the I, bottom. I, you know, I that's a lot it. of, that's a lot of stuff. I can
0: promise you that that is an issue on many voters in Texas mind because uh, my wife is one of them. Uh, Mm -hmm. She is pardon the phrase. She has bitched for years. Why can't we have casinos, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right here in Texas? They're all the way around us now, Uh, you know,
1: it's tourism, it's destination points. It's more than just gambling or it's, it's, a big steakhouse, it's spas, it's a nice hotel room, it's sure. golf, it's uh, big-time entertainment, it's it's a full destination point, and there are a handful of major operators that own land in Texas, big billion-dollar corporations that are ready to turn the dark, dirt and make this happen, and 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 have a tremendous impact on a lot of our rural communities in Texas. And and this is where people have to understand this legalization of cannabis, entertainment and gambling. That money could be used to have a positive impact on people's lives. And we have to connect those dots. It could be rural health care, which has been decimated over the last few years. It could Absolutely. be mental health where we're at the bottom of the barrel. It could be overseeing of nursing home retirement centers where we rank at the bottom of the barrel there. Uh, so these are this is money that could be used to have a positive impact on people's lives. And that's what my opponents don't see and this is truly what separates me from the pack okay uh
0: sounds good uh well you've run in the past as an independent um
1: uh, I, did, I, I didn't get on the ballot though we yeah we we, we, we had we tried <laughs> we probably we, we had 28 days to get 60,000 signatures manually not That's kind of what I
0: wanted to talk about. Yeah. That, that whole process, how 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 it makes it pretty much impossible, in my opinion, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that just an unreachable goal?
1: But it's, it's clear if you wanted to do it. Let me give you an example. If you wanted to get on the ballot as an independent, I would love to. We uh, uh, you would have to at that time. Somebody said it was a, it was a legitimate company. They had a long history of of getting uh, signatures for uh, people to, uh, to run for public or whatever it is. And uh, uh, they said, if you wanted to get the 62,000 signatures within 28 days, it'll cost you about six or $700,000 to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and that was, I was like, you gotta be, you know, I mean, that's a little out of my league. So that, that didn't happen, so.
0: yeah, Yeah. So you're running as a Republican this time.
1: I'm running as an independent thinking Republican candidate for governor of Texas.
0: That's why I asked. I wanted you to say that. <laughs>
1: well, I, I got it out, and it's the God honest truth.
0: Because uh, you know, my my point is is in asking that question is is I wish there were more independent thinking Republicans and Democrats both. Because I personally, eminent what what I I guess I classify as an independent voter. I don't I don't vote straight ticket either or uh you know i research the candidates and i vote for the one that i think best suits my interests sure right and that's the way it's friggin supposed to be Absolutely. we've gotten lost in this r versus d red yeah. versus blue bullshit yeah.
1: Yeah. and
0: that's that's 20 that's 92 percent of the reason why we're in this damn deadlock we are at the federal level right
1: yeah, yeah language now because i think it's it's to me it's not about party it's about being common sense being pragmatic You know, just having a a normal vision of what you want, what's best for your country and your state, and uh, that's that's really what I am. And and but there's the only way I could get out there is is, without blowing a lot of money, trying to get signatures, was Mm -hmm. to be on the uh, uh, to run as a Republican. I I wouldn't run as a Democrat. And yeah, well, you know, uh, whatever. You know what I'm saying yeah uh i i get it uh especially
0: in the state of texas (laughs) i
1: mean yeah but really i'm upset with this federal intervention I'm, i'm a big believer in second amendment rights but this federal intervention and this weird narrative of what's going on even with the we didn't talk about that with the chinese and the collusion of big tech and censorship and and corporate elitists and this whole thing is so bizarre and so weird and then pushing this kind of critical race teaching in our public schools and universities. this is all so much bs it's weird and we've got to have somebody at the governor's office that f- speaks passionately against I'm, this and aggressively and, I and, don't
0: I don't know what happened to just teaching freaking history yeah.
1: what, what happened just normal you know you know uh, yeah just the normal basics that we had a civil war you know okay we have good things and bad things in our country we we had a country that was you know, founded in the Declaration of Independence and just keep it, you know, keep it simple and, you know, math, you know, mathematics, reading, writing, dividing, you know, a little bit of science. Come on. Yeah.
0: I had a, I had a, a rather in depth discussion with a, a fellow advocate friend here in Texas. Uh, it was all keyboard warrior style online, you know, yeah. commenting on a post, but, uh, his question was basically, or the way I interpreted his question anyway was basically, how can we revamp the education system uh, to where there's no more conflict, basically? Yeah. And yeah. and my thing was, well, I don't know how you're going to do that right. because bias is what causes the conflict, and when you're when you're limiting what we can or cannot teach for this reason or that reason. And when you're trying to take this part of history and delete it and say it didn't happen or this part and say, you know, well, that ain't what happened. This is what happened and Uh twist it around. I mean, that's all biased involved in it. So my, my explanation to him was uh, the only way you're going to get rid of the bias in everything or in education is to go back to teaching, reading, writing arithmetic
1: Right. And that's it. Yeah. That 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 may and it, it, it can't and leave the that.
0: rest of it to the higher education level and their choice factor starts to play in, right?
1: Yeah. I think that's I think that's a, a wise comment. You, you know, just stick to the basics of reading, writing, arithmetic, you know, dividing some child, you know, those basic things and let the other stuff go to another area.
0: Well, I mean, his argument was at that point was, well, what, are they, what do you teach them to read? What do you teach them to write? I said, y- you don't teach them to read what you, or write. And he said, well, what about a book report? They're not going to have a, a chosen book to go get. And I said, well, I'm sorry, but when I was in school uh, in rural Texas,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: every book report I did, and I even took college preparatory classes in high school, every book report I did, I had a list of approved books, and they weren't all on the same subject.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. You know, yes, I had a list of books I had to choose from. And I'll mind you, they weren't all in the school library either. Some of them I had to go to the public library and get. Right, right, right. You right. know, and now they're trying to limit everything to what's in the library and stuff like that, which I get it. There are some books that they don't need to have in schools, but must be reasonable, too. Uh, we got to leave a certain amount of freedom of choice as kids grow up, too. or.
1: Yeah. And what are they going to
0: do when they become an adult?
1: Yeah, and I and I think you know I uh, God it it's just I don't want to overthink the, the situation. But, sure. Uh, but I don't want any type of political narrative. If we can get the politics out of the out of the schools and, and the agenda thing and just kind of stick to the basics, that's that's really what I'm I'm shooting. Yeah. You know, let
0: the teachers. Teach the schools and let the politicians make the laws, and the two need to be separate. Yeah. In my yeah. my book, <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I, I agree with that. You know, I mean, I I mean just, well, uh, yeah, I mean, nah, I wouldn't be going. I don't even want to go down that road. This, <laughs> I,
0: <laughs> so, what is the very first things that you would would
1: plan to work on if you were to win the election? Oh, boy, it would, we would quickly hit the floor on decriminalization in regard to cannabis. Then we would push hard for legalization of cannabis. And, and you know, that would, that would be really, really important. The entertainment and gambling would be really important. Of course, the top issues are the things I talked about at the beginning. Border security, taking ownership of the border. And what I mean by that is, I've got, I had to push the cannabis in the entertainment thing there, but, (laughs) but you know, but the, 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 heart of the matter is, is pushing back on federal intervention, the vaccine mandates, the vaccine passports, federalized elections, protecting the oil and gas energy. That's at the top of the list. And then protecting the border that is at the top of the list. We have to take ownership of the border. We, uh, uh, and what I mean by that is, is our national guard, our Department of Public Safety, our local law enforcement, even necessary, even if we have to create our own militia, and and, and we we have to capture the illegal immigrants and then just literally take them right back to the border. And don't give them the Border Patrol. We will do the job that Border Patrol is not able to do under the Biden administration. So we have to take ownership of it. We're not going to get involved in incarcerating illegal immigrants and and taking care of them and getting all this stuff, we're going to capture them and we're going to take them humanely back to Mexico uh, and, and say, hey, we understand you. We, we know you're wanting to come to the greatest country in the world. God bless you. But you're going to have to come here legally, not illegally. And the simple is that we're not going to be involved in the incarceration business and we're going to quickly build that border wall. And uh, those are the really the top priorities, pushing back on that federal, federal intervention protecting our border, pushing backs on these vaccine mandates, protecting our oil and gas industry. Uh, those are the, the, the main priorities. And then following up, going into getting entertainment and gambling on, on the agenda for Texans to vote yes or no for obvious reasons. Same thing with the legalization of cannabis. I mean, good Lord, we're the number one agricultural exporter in the nation, one of the largest in the world. Treat cannabis just like it is, just like soybean, just like cotton a great agricultural boom for our, our state, not only and then from a retail standpoint, uh decriminalization of cannabis, these are big things. And then 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 just like we talked about, entertainment and gambling and all the opportunities there. I mean, those are the things that are on my agenda that I want to see. And then okay. a sideline note is in our public schools really pushing the trades too. Uh clubs, yeah. electricians, Air yeah. conditioning, heating, you know, the uh, car mechanics, really pushing that. That's a, that was a that's that's a hundred thousand dollars for each student if they jump into those arenas if they choose to do so. And if one of them's an entrepreneur, the the the, the sky's the limit in those areas. So that's yeah. kind of the overall agenda. Pardon this short break for a word from our sponsors.
0: Welcome back to Gramps Place the podcast where Gramps and his guests talk about all things of public interest. uh, i got to say one thing about that in terms of the the trades and the education. I'm a tradesman by by career. I mean, I'm sitting behind a desk in an office now. I'm (laughs) a project manager, right? But I worked my way up into that. I spent 30 years in the field building high-rises in schools and, and, and everything else. But, uh, you know, part of the, part of the, 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 immigration and the education. Yeah. And, and, uh those two problems, in my opinion, go hand in hand in one respect. Uh, yeah. and, and why, why hear me out and let's see if you, you, you agree with me or if you think I'm just completely nuts.
1: Sure.
0: But, uh, Working in the construction industry and working in schools and whatnot for so many years, and it started about the time you and I were probably between you, when you graduated high school and when I graduated high school. Sure, it started somewhere in that that range. Uh, they started pushing the college, education to be somebody, to be, right. you know, you're, you're not going to be anybody. You're not going to have an education, you know, you're not going to have an income worth that, you know, that's going to be survivable, blah, 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 to the point. Uh, now I've been in an office for several years, but it's is as little as 10 years ago, we'd go in these schools to remodel them. Right. Okay. And of course all their, their posters and everything are still everywhere all over the walls, et cetera you go in the bathrooms of these schools and every door of every stall on every wall in, in every piece of wall in between the mirrors at the sinks and on the back of the door before you open it to walk back out to go in the hallway there's these posters and and they'd said high school no high school education this will be your income you know high school diploma you'll make this much right you know, two years college this much, four years college this much, right. and it's bullshit. Number one, right? Uh, because it's a hoax. Right. Uh, but we're brainwashing our kids, and we have been for probably three dec uh, three decades now
1: right.
0: to that effect. Right. Well, we've done it so much to the point that, like tradesmen, trade industries, right? We can't find you can't get a white man to do what I did for a living when right. I come out of high school. Right. You can't get them to do it right right? if you get somebody they last a week at best and they say f this this is hard work right i'm better than that right you know well okay whatever you know and 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 because of that fact what what's that do that opens the doors
1: for the place for the illegals to go sure sure right yeah and i think it's no doubt i mean i i hear what you're saying and then they can you know, undercut, and then you get into other issues where they can undercut uh, the pricing because, you know, somebody that's paying them doesn't have to pay the taxes on them and all that kind of stuff. Well,
0: And and, and there's less of that going on these days, Uh, in in the construction industry anyway, because we can't get by with it. We've got to do fill out I-9s on everybody, and they got documents. The documents pass. (laughs) yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I got I, a
0: theory on that I-9 it, process uh, too, though.
1: Unless you get an e-verify, it's kind of hit and miss. But the, I, I, I agree with what you're saying, and I, it's, it's. All I know is, is <laughs> as we know, there's a huge shortage of, of people that, uh, that have the, the right training in regard to trades, welders and plumbers and all that kind of stuff. And there's great opportunities there, and that's something that's. It has to be talked about religiously. Uh, sure. I, I think that's what I would as as governor if I'm given the opportunity, to be governor.
0: Yeah, we definitely got to uh, we definitely got to uh, push the trades, trade schools, and you know used to that you had those programs at schools and they, they pretty much dried up now.
1: Yeah, that that's got to you know, and I, and I got here some schools do it, some schools don't. That that's got to be a party. That's got to be something that's really pushed hard, and uh, uh, you know. Uh, I I think, uh, and I mean, I'm a big, big believer in that.
0: Yeah. Well, I know you've already mentioned it. I know you support cannabis law reform uh, here in Texas. (laughs) Tell our listeners why you support it uh, and to what extent you support it. You're beyond medical. You're for for full-blown adult use, right?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, if I had to cut some deals, and take a, a strong step. Let's just talk about medical cannabis for a second right now. Mm-hmm. And you know better than me, Chris. You're probably, I, I'm talking big picture. you you got a better hand on this. But I think that the, the, the THC level in medical cannabis is about 0.05% or something like that. And it's
0: actually, uh, in the last session, they increased it to a full 1%. Did they? Oh, and, Yeah. yeah.
1: And, but that's not where it needs to be. I mean, it's, it needs – I mean, if you're going to have – and I, I may be wrong in some of these areas, but it needs to be stronger than that to have the impact on a lot of people, whether it's anxiety, pain, children with autism, te- dealing with people that have are going through chemo. Whatever the issue is, I think it needs to be stronger than that. Sometimes I feel like it's like giving you an aspirin and, and, and giving it for a headache, and I'm only giving you 25% of the aspirin. I mean, I mm-hmm. think – we, we've got to have something better than that but either way i'm full uh, i'm taking it to full-blown legalization because we've got what do you got yeah you're spending five six seven hundred million dollars a year in regard to incarceration of people that are in jail for cannabis possession they're on probation they're on parole that's a lot of money to spend for something like that and i think the numbers have been a little skewed since uh hemp was introduced and everything's changed but before yeah. that it's be clear what was going on and that may be on the low end in regards to the incarceration costs you got 75,000 texans that get arrested every year for possession of cannabis they're paying 250 million dollars a year in legal, in legal fees uh, these are all this is absurd and then if somebody lights up a joint and gets caught two or three times then they're called a felon or they're caught up in the criminal justice system. This all has to come to an end. This is big business for for the prisons. It's big business for the lawyers. It's just a freaking game, and this is nonsense. Where now we have the opportunity to turn it into a business. Treat it like alcohol. Treat it like tobacco. Treat it like firearms. Just have common sense legislation over it, uh, and 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 then the opportunity. To, to use it extensively because we're an agricultural state. Once again, the number one agricultural exporter in the nation and make money off it. But at the same time, the opportunity to maybe protect some of our kids if they do access cannabis, uh, they do it from a regulated market instead of a drug dealer. We don't want any of our young people under the age of 21 to drink or smoke or use cannabis. But the bottom line is we're not naive to think that doesn't take place. So yeah. if we regulate it, it's not any different when I was a kid and I had a fake driver's license and I got alcohol or somebody bought something sure. for me. The same crap, uh, better from a regulated market than from a drug dealer. So those are the reasons that I support it. To me, it's very common sense. It's not about liberal or conservative. It's about making money and protecting our young people and being smart.
0: Well, and and you, you know you mentioned protecting the young people. Uh... But not even protecting the young people, because the the argument that I always hear mm-hmm. uh, when I talk to lawmakers is mm-hmm. is uh, well, you know, we got to be real, real careful, because it's a slippery slope. And and the other one you hear is well, you know, we don't we don't want to do it wrong, where you know just anybody and everybody will be doing it. And I, I look at them and I'm like, people, what you don't understand? Number one, anybody who will. Either already has yeah. and quit yeah. or is doing it right now anyway, right. the difference is they're doing it in a new legal market, and right. God knows what they're getting their hands on
1: right i I, I mean I've talked well a couple of things i I would say that fifteen to twenty percent of your adult population is smoking it on a regular basis. we know over 50, at least over fifty percent of the general population has has experimented with it, and that may be on the low end and it's already mainstream. This is nonsense. I mean we're just tapping in. And, and if you look at your driving statistics, whatever's going on, you might as well figure that into the formula it's, it's too mainstream to sit there and talk about it like it's some sideline issue mm-hmm. it's a mainstream issue. We need to put it to rest and get on down the road and I don 't think people think there's going to be some dynamic change in your state. I think it's going to be like a excuse my language, it' be like a big fart in the wind. I don't think it 's going to be anything at all any more than yeah. we. have open carry in texas everybody thought it was going to be like the wild west and it was nothing
0: i i I will admit i was one that was not necessarily worried but slightly concerned you know when when, but uh, not really
1: seeing any big effect no i think it's (laughs) going to be i really think it's going to be the same way i think it could be a fad or some weird stuff going for a second but i have to it's too watered down we got too many states that are already legalizing it or doing a good medical cannabis program or whatever. And I just think we just need to get over it and treat it as a business and treat it as an opportunity, I think, to protect some young people. And let's just get on down the road and and, and, and let's make some money and, be, and just be pragmatic about the issue.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, uh, if we're going to legalize it, then the next step is going to be to expunge and release anybody that's currently yeah. under...
1: That would be, and I've got it, and I'm glad that you brought that up, but that gets a little trickier. I was hoping if I'm elected governor, and if, and maybe I don't know all the, the powers of governor and the rules and stuff, yeah. and if it would be, and if I had the power, anybody that was arrested for possession or selling cannabis, I would just expunge the record, clean the slate, pardon you, get on down the road. That's an old issue. I don't give a damn. But the problem is in Texas, I think you've got to go to a pardons board. The pardons board gives you the people that you can pardon or release or whatever. So it looks like it's a little bit of a, uh, a disembobulated process. I wouldn't say disembobulated, but it's just the, the, the way that it's set up. So yeah. that's something that will have to be reviewed and looked at. And I don't know all the angles, but it looks like there's a little bit of a buffer between the, the the governor making those decisions or whatever, but if I could, well, then it it I needs
0: would. to be written into whatever law. Yeah,
1: and just be done with it. Mm-hmm. That's how I would do it.
0: Yeah. That's what needs to happen then.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, for that. I'm 100% for that.
0: Good. That's that's what we like to hear. Yeah. Um uh, And on that note, would you agree? Because that, of course, once you legalize, it's, you're talking about a massive revenue source. Sure. So would you agree that we should take some of the revenue from a legal Texas cannabis market and reinvest it into programs that help the people who have been adversely affected by the war on drugs to oh, be man. successful entrepreneurs in a new industry if they so choose?
1: Absolutely. I'm all for anything that's going to – using that money in a productive fashion to help Texans and be, be productive – and, 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 and take them to another level man i'm open to anything like that so yes yes very open to that i'm 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 wanting that money and those revenues to have a positive impact in people's life to take them to the next level to to for them to knock it out of the park and get a solid foundation on them you know
0: which brings me to the next topic uh, talking sure. about revenue
1: yeah
0: uh, we've seen several states that have just gone completely nuts and the revenue they levels that they've set, sure, uh, which does nothing but continue to allow the black market to thrive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so, would you uh, be treated like anything else? Normal sales tax rate?
1: Yeah, yeah, I would it's treat like, it just, I, just like al- I would treat it like alcohol or tobacco. I wouldn't be stupid about, yeah. I want it to be affordable and practical and stuff like that. But I want it. To make money, I want the state to make money, but I'm not here to, to gouge everybody. I want it to be a competitive market where people can, you know, just normal taxation, not something off the off the chart where it's just ridiculous. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. You, because you look, you read about California every day, where where the black market just thrives in California, and they were one of the pioneering states with this mess, yeah. right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but what they tax, what you're saying is they tax the crap out of it, so it makes the black market even stronger because they've overpriced it. Is that what you're got to say?
0: Yeah, in yeah. California, yeah. Uh, places like well, Illinois it doesn't help the black market too much because you can't really grow too much in Illinois. It's not as big a state as California. Right. right, right. But uh, uh, you know they've got outrageous tax rates there. I think Louisiana is pretty high, and and there's been several states that have just put outrageous tax rates to where. I mean, it, it makes the black market price more reasonable.
1: <laughs> yeah, I want to put, and I want, I don't want, I don't want to compete with the black market. I just want to keep it bread and butter, keep it sharp, keep that money coming in for Texas, and 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 a good business opportunity for Texans, and where people don't have to, uh, where that that kind of stuff doesn't take place. And I'm sure it will take place to a degree, but I, you, you're not going to have perfection on anything that you do. Well, no, but uh, but uh, I want it to be bread and butter where it's a, it's it's very practical and very common sense, and we're not just taxing it where it just opens the door for a black market. You know, one of I'll the, be one real sensitive of, to that I'm glad you brought that up.
0: Yeah, one of the uh, arguments I give people a lot of times when they talk about how the well, you know, we legalized it in California and uh, the black market's just thriving, or you right. know, Oklahoma is another one that I've heard, heard had an argument with somebody about that and. Uh, Or not argument, necessarily conversation. But uh, uh, my rebuttal to that is one of the reasons why the black market chooses a legal state to have their grow in is because it's a whole hell of a lot easier to do in a legal state than it is in an illegal state. (laughs) And it's a whole hell of a lot easier to do than trying to grow it in Mexico, package it up, and bring it across the border.
1: Sure. Sure.
0: I mean, it's, I, the lack of common sense today just drives me nuts sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At any rate, uh, take take one one last opportunity here to to just kind of put out there what you stand for and and what just tell us tell me the independent voter why I need
1: to vote for you. Well, Chris, Chris uh, first of all. One, number one, thank you for giving me the opportunity to be on your show and spread the message about the campaign. I really appreciate that. And and I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. I, I really mean that because a lot of people don't do that. We're a small campaign. We're under the radar screen, but we're not that under the radar screen. Uh, there's a lot of people, I don't, there's a lot of people that may not be even taking us seriously. And I think they better because we're, our data and our numbers are showing things that are quite unusual. And it will, if the independent voters come out to vote, uh, and if they're leaning towards us, and I don't know why they wouldn't, uh, it'll be a very unusual election cycle. This is going to be very unusual. You have a lot of people running for governor of Texas on the Republican primary ticket. hmm uh, uh so the reasons you need to vote for me is, is I'm going to fight passionately, boldly and aggressively against federal intervention. And I don't think I uh, mean, I could go into some other areas. I'll probably lay low on that tonight, but <laughs> we <laughs> I we have to have Abbott is not bold and aggressive at the at the federal level. We have to push back aggressively against the vaccine mandates, the mass mandates, the federalized elections, protecting our oil and gas business. Also an issue that we haven't talked about. We have to push back on the Chinese. They're buying land in Texas and throughout the country. Nothing against the people of China, but we have to push back against the the Communist Party. They stole your intellectual properties, your military secrets. They lied about COVID. Uh, they, 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 they think they own the own South Pacific. They're a major geopolitical threat. Uh, they've cost our country trillions of dollars. They're number one enemy of this country. and we need to talk about that a lot more. I'm the only one of the candidates that are talking about that and I don't and I don't want them buying land here in China, at least the Communist Party. We need to audit that. But me pushing back against federal elections, that's a big bold picture for me of given the opportunity to be governor. But what separates me from the competition truly, from the other candidates is, I'm pushing for entertainment and gambling, I'm pushing for true legalization of cannabis. That needs to happen in Texas. That's what separates us. And if the independent voters get out there to vote, this may very well come to fruition where I believe we'll be the candidate most likely uh, running against uh, Governor Greg Abbott in a runoff. I think if the independents come there, Abbott's going to be in a runoff and I may very well be that uh, that, uh, candidate. Uh, and I think that's 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 still a real strong possibility. So that's what we're hoping for. And I yeah. need the independent vote, that libertarian vote, that crossover vote. It could even be a Democrat who may even want to vote for Beto. But wouldn't it be great if you're a Democrat, you know, you're going to vote for Beto. OK, great. don't you cross over this party, at least you'll have two people running for uh, governor Texas in the fall that both believe in the legalization of it. What do you got to lose? But we need truly independent thinking Texans, and there's a lot of them out there to support this campaign, and I believe I'm the right person for that job. I have, my heart and my gut are in the right uh, frame of mind. I, I don't have any alternative motives here. It's just, keep, just getting down to common sense and pragmatic government.
0: Okay. Well, I wish you the best of luck. Thanks. Where can people find your campaign if they want to donate or get involved or, or yeah. anything like that?
1: Yeah, well, you can just Google. You can keep it simple. You can Google uh, Danny Harrison, uh, Governor of Texas, Danny Harrison for Texas dot com. Uh, and you'll get all kinds of information. If you Google Danny Harrison for Texas, hopefully you can get to our Facebook page our Twitter account or go to our website. You'll get all kinds of stuff that will pop up at all the events that we've been to over the last six months and, and, and learn more about our campaign. And uh, I talk. Daily on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, and then we have stuff on our uh, website. So uh, you should get plenty of information.
0: Okay. Well, I'll be sure and, and put links to to all those on your on the show notes for the episode too when it publishes. Thank you. And uh, I want to thank you again, Danny, for, for joining me here on Grants Place tonight.
1: Uh, Thank you, Chris. Once again, thank you for giving us the opportunity to be on your show and spread the message. I really appreciate it. And thank you for taking time out of your schedule to, be, to talk to me tonight.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Grants Place, where Gramps and his guests discuss all things of public interest and anything else that might need a little changing here in the good old USA. From ending the drug war and freeing those wrongfully imprisoned for crimes that have no victim, to making government more like what our forefathers intended of "we the people again. Gramps talks with doctors, scientists, politicians, and more, so you can make your own decisions on important issues in the USA. Be sure to subscribe where you get your podcasts or visit GrampsPlace.net today. And as always, thank you for listening to Gramps Place.